Hey lovelies, welcome to the journey of self-love through self-care. My name is Amy Mercado and I'm the owner and the creator of my brand, The Mercado Method, where I teach a variety of online and in-person fitness classes, yoga sessions, breath works, meditations, and quite a lot more. So if you're interested in trying any of the classes out, head over to my website below or my YouTube. This episode is kindly sponsored by Plight Club, a brand whose mission is to change the attitude towards vulnerability to increase real human connection. This change starts by encouraging people to talk to each other and also enabling them with the tools to be able to express how they feel and to connect on a deeper level. Making connection is all about trust and trust comes via gaining confidence. Confidence comes through trying something despite the uncomfortable feeling of venturing into the unknown. Plight Club's clothing range provides an opening for people to be vulnerable by breaking the ice of a conversation with their quirky, creative clothing designs. 50% of the profits from Plight Club clothing and coaching help fund activities to raise awareness to the power of vulnerability and suicide prevention. They enable people to face and embrace their emotions and break the ice into deeper, more nourishing combos. And for more info on the brand or to buy online, head over to plightclub.co.uk. Now, back to today's episode where I'm joined by the wonderful Leanne, aka LK Reiki. And me and Leanne met last year at Stone Cold Sober Festival. And we didn't really get a chance to properly connect until this year at the festival. And it was an opportunity for me to see Leanne do her thing on stage, DJing. And I really got an opportunity to have like a, a more closer conversation with Leanne. And I want to get to know you more. And I'd love my listeners to find out who you are and what your journey has been like and maybe where you're, where you're heading to at the moment. So I'd love to hand over to you, Leanne, today, if you'd like to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about you and about your journey so far. And then maybe we can just bounce backwards and forwards and sort of see what flows in today's session. Hi, everyone. So I am Leanne, also known as LK Raker, um, or LK uh, is my DJ name as well. So I combine them two together. Um, it's been quite a journey, to tell you the truth. It's sort of hard to pinpoint where the beginning is and where anything else is but I really started to go on my spiritual journey when I had a bit of a, a bit a really big um, nervous breakdown after years of just partying numbing everything you know drinking drugs just generally just absolute debauchery really um, but I had to eventually things caught up with me and I had to sort of face everything and I was I generally I'd annoyed every single person you know pushed every single person away and I was in Tenerife on my own like I'd like lost my DJ residency I'd like was swinging my dreadlocks around like a lunatic and I was just like what am I gonna do here like I just uh, and it got really really dark so I actually tried um attempted suicide which was really um so I just didn't didn't know what else to do. I felt like everything, I didn't see another way out. Luckily, luckily somebody stepped in and stopped it and I had to come back home. 
and uh, rebuild myself. So it was my brother-in-law who was like, right, come back, get a flight back. This is it now. This is silliness. Do you know what I mean? You're going to have to come back and you're going to have to start your life out. So I was like, well, no, but everyone hates me and I can't do this and whatever else. And they were like, no, this is it. You're coming back now. So I came back and I was basically sleeping on the sofa and I was just... I don't even think I was like there. I was like vacant, really, not really knowing what to do, where to go, what to unpack first, because it was just all so much. And my relationship with my son was completely afraid as well, because, you know, I just felt like I didn't want him to be around me and he felt other things going on. And um, I was still breaking down at this point. Um, I had to go straight to like a crisis team came out to see me and they're like right okay you know assessed me where I was and everything and put me on antidepressants and put me in like a day hospital for like nine days because I was just at a risk to myself not to anybody else I wasn't I was wanting to I was just hurting so much um and I didn't want to be on antidepressants to be fair but it was just one of those things I had to I had to do it uh, which I think did help because uh, it sort of stopped me having the energy <laughs> to want to do anything about it. <laughs> uh, but it didn't really sort of like get me anywhere. So I was still sort of in a void for about a year, like no drive, no motivation and everything. And I was just like to my friend, she was like, I said, what can I do? Because she was like, a life coach and she's called Six. She's like my soul sister. She's so amazing. And she was like, why don't you try Reiki? And I was like, totally scoffed at her. I was like, what? That where you like made fun of it? I was like, no, no. What a load of, am I allowed to swear on this? Or so I went and sat and watched her and I felt the energy in the room and I was just like this is what I need to do this is like you know I've completely felt something I don't know something inside me sort of switched changed or resonated with it but I just felt it it wasn't like me just watching someone have reiki it was like something happened so I was like right I'm gonna go straight for an attunement I don't even want a treatment I'm going straight to get attuned and I did I shopped around to try and find like um somebody that I resonated with to do my treatment and my treatment my attunement and she was called Peter and she was an Ilkley um, and she was a lovely lady. She was really down to earth because I was new to spirituality. I didn't want it like I needed someone that was going to be real with me and sort of like I didn't know anything about chakras or, you know, and all this stuff. So I didn't really want to be overwhelmed with it. So she was like, you know, don't worry, you don't have to be vegetarian. You know, you don't have to sort because I was like loads of questions. And she did the achievement and she was like, you've done this before like this is not your first time doing this and I was like well that sort of makes a lot of sense because I felt something change just by being in the presence of the energy itself so I had to for for a long time I was just doing it on myself and I started like pulling back layers of everything and just like forgiving and really looking at stuff that I was like suppressed really 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 deep down like when I was younger I didn't really have it easy I mean I don't think a lot of people don't but I lost my mum when I was like 11 um which you know my dad didn't deal with very well he was like a alcoholic he was abusive so there was all this stuff that um 
like I hadn't even really fully grieved my mum or anything um so it was all a lot so I was like oh my god so for a whole year I was just healing healing and then eventually after a year the cloud that was above me that I felt like was following me around all the time I just just started to dissipate and I could sort of see some sort of like way forward I was like oh my god right I can breathe you know I stopped it I weaned myself off all um antidepressants and stuff I did it you know I didn't just take stop taking because that's obviously quite dangerous um I wouldn't recommend that to anybody and then I went and I thought right, I'll do my Reiki tea now right ready so I did that and I still was only doing it for my own my own healing I wasn't thinking about doing it for anybody else's purpose and then I did again for a year so a year I just did all that and then really started to start to make some shifts and it's just been like growing and evolving since then but it's only been the last two years I've actually started to be like an actual practitioner and offer it to people because I feel I had a lot of healing to do before I could hold space for other people to heal and connect with them I mean I give it to my friends and you know like there was different things going on but yeah so then since then it's just been a bit of a roller coaster so all sorts of stuff's happened since then so I started doing to Reiki to doing ceremonies and like um tarot I fell into tarot last year which is I've always been obsessed with tarot cards but it's just all intuitively sort of started to come together so there's all sorts going on I've probably talked for about two hours really <laughs> never mind <laughs> wow so yeah. before like you got to this stage of like totally wanting to check out for example what was you doing was you like when did you start DJing or was you doing music or what was what was you sort of doing before that and how did that sort of um so I started DJing around about I think I was like 20 or 21 like around that age um I was basically a, a party and I was like oh, I want to go at this nobody was up on the deck so I was like messing about with it and this girl that um I used to DJ with Carl Demo. She was like, if you're still on there when I come back, try it and I'll teach you. So she came back and she sat there with me with like holding my finger away, one, two, three, four, counting for about, I mean, it must have been like 23 hours because we were off our heads. We weren't sleeping. So it was like, so counting these beats, all you could hear through the house was like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And then that was it then. I was like hooked. You know, I picked it up really quickly. You couldn't get me off the deck. So I mean, you can't now either to be fair so I was like started mixing um just practicing and stuff like that and then I got some gigs straight away really like I started playing at Stinky's Pea Palace in Leeds was like my first debut gig um which was really cool and I was so nervous and stuff but I absolutely smashed it regardless I just thought oh my god I was like shocked at myself and so were the guys that I was playing with as well because they were like we've never seen you before and you're a girl <laughs> love that and I was like, yeah, fuzzy with myself. So then I was just, yes, yeah, so I was DJing um, and just, yeah, but it was also, I was still sort of, um, I was partying a lot as well. Though. Um, so I just, if I wasn't mixing, I was partying. I was working ridiculous, like three jobs at a time, different ones. I was getting sacked from a lot of jobs because obviously I've been partying and not slept or going in inebriated still and stuff like that so it was really rocky um mm. the journey itself but I loved music like I've always loved music since I was a kid like 
I'm obsessed with music. I'd prefer to listen to music than anything else. So mm-hmm. I never stopped mixing through the whole period of, you know, even when I stopped playing out, I was still mixing at home and putting mixes out on SoundCloud because you're connected with it. So it was like therapy at the time. If everyone was like really, really stressed out or upset, I'd just have a mix and I'd mix for like nine, ten hours, like just me and myself. And it would really help me sort of like, release some steam I suppose as well was you mixing as well like we know you said you came back for that year and you had that that cloud over you was you was you still able to sort of have that creative outlook but then no I wasn't doing anything then I wasn't doing anything at all um I was barely I was sort of drugged up you know so I was on surgery and like they'd bumped me up to like the top level like you know the top dosage and stuff I was on like Zopticons so I was like you know I've just drugged up all the time a different kind of drugged up than I was before mm. so I do it but then it was the Reiki that actually sort of gave me the bridge to sort of like stop relying on you know substances of any kind I suppose so it was a bit of a journey and then I started mixing again then I got like set up my controller and everything back in my room and I think I bought some of these speakers or somebody gave me some speakers or something and I was like right okay so I'm back and I started playing out again a bit and sort of just generally just getting back into the swing of things but I was working um as, as like a data data entry worker which was not like my sole purpose really <laughs> but it got me on a level of like you know getting back onto and how did it feel going into mixing, like going through that the other side of the journey? So not partying with it and not um, being that side and now being this side of it where it's you're just doing it from this place of, I guess, I don't even know. How does it feel to, to be doing it now? I absolutely love doing it like more than I ever did. Like when I go and do these like events, we've gone down to illuminate, and then when me and Abby are doing get on it and stuff like that, and it's everybody's conscious and aware, and it's like I'm I'm conscious and aware as well. Also, so I feel like my mixing is actually better. I'm more aware of like consciously what I'm playing, you know, like because music is medicine, isn't it? Regardless of however you what style, genre, or whatever music it is. So I feel like I'm more connected to it and I get more of a buzz seeing people sober and conscious, raving. Like I've raved harder, probably sober, than I have done when I've been absolutely off my head. So it's it's beautiful. Like I wouldn't rule out, I've been, I played at a club on Sunday for my friend's birthday party and, you know, people were drinking and stuff then. And I, I actually had a couple of drinks myself and that was nice, but it was, I'd prefer to do it consciously it's like that's where I feel like that's mm. where it needs to be for me now yeah yeah and how amazing that your friend it's almost like she knew by inviting you because I would have never thought to have someone come and watch someone have Reiki yeah. <laughs> even saying that just blown my mind and I'm like how did she know to invite you to do that and obviously yeah. now we're sort of connecting more to energy but just to know like just just be here just watch yeah, it's like she knew, she's really intuitive, like we are sort of like solely connected and everything, so I think she knew that that would do something or have some sort of impact in my life, because she used to always say, because before like when we used to take mushrooms and acids and things like that, she was like, you are well open, you're, an, you're a channel, you know, like some of the things I sensed and felt on drugs have been quite spiritual also, so it's, you know, like, and I've connected with things that I couldn't explain at the time I just thought god I must have been really off my head see that or feel that or whatever do you know what I mean so she was like 
you need to do this. I think you're really open and receptive to energy like that. So, yes, I'm so thankful for her because it started me on where I am now, to be fair. Yeah, it's amazing. And tell us a bit more because I don't I've, I've had Reiki. I don't know loads about it. Whenever I have it, I have like mad emotional releases. Um, however, like what what is an attunement? What is what does that mean? And well, it's like activating you to the uh, into the energy as well. I mean, we're all naturally gifted. We've all got this ability, but it's like sort of like you're tuning in on the radio to like tune into the frequency. So you get like the symbols and stuff put into your hand and you collect it. Like it takes you well, I think all the humans are quite different, but mine was like a seated meditation where she took me through like this crystal path and then I went into this like crystal tower and she was like right you're coming up these stairs and there's it opens treasure like a treasure box sort of thing and this is your gift and know why she's doing it she's doing some stuff around your crown and around your hands and tapping stuff in and you basically get the and you feel it in your hands and you feel like um like everything seems louder and crisper and stuff afterwards so it's like you've now been sort of activated um to use the frequency that's the only way to describe it and I think I already was activated already. I just didn't know how to use it beforehand. So mm. it was really beautiful. Wow. And how have you felt? Because you said that when you first was going to come back, you was worried about, you know, people from the past and stuff like that. How has it been to sort of step into who you are now and be seen as who you are now, as opposed to perhaps who you were but it's been interesting because there's a few people that I've now reconnected with from the party in past that they're also on this path as well which has been absolutely amazing wow. and then there's obviously people that I don't I love them um wholeheartedly like but I just they're still doing the same thing they're still partying you know and I just I don't still I just don't I still talk to them, but um, they're really, really proud of me because they're just like, I can't believe what a turnaround it's been from, you know, like I was known as like an absolute animal, you know, like, you know, if you'd have known me 10 years ago, you, I don't even recognise myself back then. I love her all the same, but yeah. it's just, I am a completely different person. Like, I didn't know when to stop, like how I like never stopped fighting, like you couldn't stop me from doing it. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of like what's your so you do your music and what's like some of your other sort of outlets or things that you like to do or have you been doing uh, so I love chanting so I am um, I'm starting to do um, my chant with me workshop again soon up in Bramley so that's something I really connect with because chanting it's really sort of raises your vibration and connects you with other people, yourself, your higher self. So I really like that as a practice in the morning. Sometimes I'll do a bit of chanting. I love my drum and stuff. So I like, I can't play it right well at the moment because I'm still learning. But when I channel it through healing, um, I like to use my shamanic drum as well. Um, obviously meditation, I love breath work. Like I'd love to be able to facilitate breath work maybe in the future, but I feel like I'm doing a lot of things all at once. <laughs> already <laughs> uh, and I, I like, like organising events and gathering people together you know like the get on it sober raving that we're doing is a mixture of all that you know it's dance it's yoga 
it's you know they've got treatments and just generally to be silly and connect with your inner child uh i do like chakra workshops which is like to teach people about chakras because that would have been something that would have been really helpful i think <laughs> at a younger age for me to understand like what was going on in my body and stuff i think like you know i think you should be taught in school personally you know about your chakras and stuff so i do that as well so like um it can be as simple or as deep as it needs to be for people to understand what goes on with your chakras so that's like a seven week workshop that i'll probably be doing in august and we start at the root and we tap into it with different exercises and crystals and meditation and i get people coming in collaborating doing different things and bringing stuff to it um which i haven't done for a while but that was like my first workshop it was like my baby <laughs> And how did it feel doing that? Because you said like you wasn't into spirituality to then going through this, this transition and very sounds like quite smooth because you didn't overwhelm yourself. I think I was the opposite and I just wanted to know everything and stressed myself out into overwhelm. <laughs> so how was it sort of then stepping into that and then holding that kind like holding that kind of workshop and and going forward with that? Yeah, well, it was terrifying because I actually was terrified of public speaking so like I had stuff going on with my throat chakra which has been blocked through stuff from my past you know and it's like I, I was really really terrified I speak quite low like you know mumble a lot and I'm getting a lot better now as it's clearing and I'm getting a bit more confident with it and being able to speak my truth and stuff but so that was the first hurdle I was like oh my god like I've got to talk in front of all these people about chakras and you know the story of Reiki how it came about and I just remember standing there when I had like my piece of paper down there that I could sort of like read and I just tripped up all over my words and I was like you know that thing where you want like the whole like the ground to like swallow you up but then I managed to just pull through and carry on through and the first one was really sort of a learning curve for me to do and as it got on I got more and more confident with it um, and it's been evolving the workshop. So I've done it four times. Like the first time was terrifying, you know, because I was like, you know, how do I am telling people what they're doing when I don't even really sort of know myself or like everything. And I don't think anybody ever knows everything. But I just tried to be as true as I could to other people. So at the first I was getting like beginners, like people that didn't know anything about chakras. And the second group, there was loads of people that were like Reiki attuned, which made me feel really nervous because I was like, wow, these guys know what's going on. So I really need to step my game up. So I evolved it and went deeper with that and did loads of research and sort of pulled loads of different things together. And then it's been like that. It's just been growing and growing ever since then. So, yeah, it's been a journey itself. Because <laughs> yeah, I know it, it will... You've, I guess with with music, you didn't need to talk, and now <laughs> you must have still needed some sort of confidence to get up there and play yeah. things as well. Oh, yeah. um, what would you say? Maybe are some tips for people that are sort of looking to maybe start holding workshops or speaking in front of others that maybe you would have liked to have heard or had um, maybe some guidance with when you first began. Tell them that you're nervous before and this is what I did I said this is my first workshop and the, I am actually battling one of my fears which is public speaking so please bear with me so because they were also aware and understanding and not expecting me to be this like you know like confident spokesperson 
it really calmed me into being able to find my voice and find my way through it. And it just broke that barrier rather than thinking, oh my God, I've got to be perfect. And it does, you don't have to be perfect. It's about finding the rhythm of it for yourself, I think. Mm. Well, after you sort of did the, the workshops, where did that sort of lead for you next? So I wanted to, I was working at a place in Wakefield um, and I sort of then ended up at a stone called Sober, which then I feel was a massive shift from then. Um, from like that five days, like I, I felt like I got more confidence about what I wanted to do and I wanted to go off on my own then. So I wanted to create my own, I wanted to have my own space. I didn't want to be working for other people and it was like, I really wanted to step into my power really and start doing different things. So I started to do different workshops after that. I started the chanting and then, you know, creating sort of helping other people as well. So I did like a goddess workshop with one of my other friends who I thought, you know, she really connects with the goddess stuff. And I felt like that's where that journey went for a little bit, like helping other people sort of see their gifts as well. So we did like a, I did like a shamanic journey with some race. I started collaborating more. I think that's where it came in to start to unite and collaborate and get bigger rather than sort of just stay stagnant like I wanted to be everywhere and all over the place and I wanted to connect with loads of different people because I was confident enough in myself that I knew what we're talking about <laughs> I could understand what what I meant you know finally and I had the confidence to do it and it, even if it didn't work out that I was okay with that too I just didn't want to not try so from was you was you I don't remember if you were just attending. Was it last year's one where you just attended or was you working there last year? I was volunteering last year, yeah. And that, but I ended up DJing, like, randomly because I, I was speaking to someone. I was like, oh, I DJ as well if you ever need, you know. And they looked at that, they were like, we actually need someone right now if you want. And I was like, wow, that was like an instant manifestation. So I just put my, I was like, I'll go get my USBs then for the 10. When it got my USBs and... And then I played and then Joanna was like, we need you to play next year. Will you play play next year? Which was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> Amazing. So I think that's when I started to connect my music back again with my spiritual. Wow. Yeah. And, was, and that your, was that the first one you'd played at, something like that before? A sober event, yeah. That was like the first time, yeah. And then me and Abby decided we were inspired by the yoga rave to do like a yoga party. And we were like, she's like, I've been looking for a DJ, like I do yoga. Let's like get together. So then that's when like Get On It sort of like came about as well. So yeah, it was transformational. Like I say, it was just full of like seeds planting and it's taken a while for things to get off the ground, obviously, because, you know, you've got to build you know your foundations and stuff and things like that but it's just mental at the minute there's all sorts of stuff <laughs> going on <laughs> wow so just from volunteering somewhere to then happening to mention that you do something to then performing to then <laughs> being seen to then like let's collaborate and <laughs> that's amazing and it just it just goes to show sometimes and what what made you decide to go down to stone cold sober and volunteer well, it was Kaylee and Paul um, were going and they were like, why don't you come and volunteer? It'd be really cool. And I'm so really close with Kaylee and Paul. I can't sort of love them. So there was, I was like, amazing. I've never been to a summer festival before, which was like a bit daunting in itself as well. Because I was thinking, how am I going to, every other festival I've ever been to, 
there is definitely never I've never been sober at one of them so it was definitely like a, a stepping stone of seeing if it was for me really as well but it, I'm so glad that I went because it was amazing like I said I raved harder than I, I ever have and that was like completely just off cacao just you know chocolate you know I'm like what <laughs> this is really happening <laughs> wow wow it just goes to show us sometimes how one thing can literally just burst open in so many different directions yeah and it, this year's just even been even more mental like the stuff that um i've shifted and uncovered this this time round has even made even more space that you know i didn't even know was possible just doing like breath work and um crazy lucid dream i've corrected something that's literally been holding me back for like such a long time i also had the breath work class and I was like for Craig Seaton, which is amazing anywhere. And I remember I was in the breath work and I had this horrible flashback, traumatic flashback from being a child and you know, something that I thought I dealt with, but obviously I hadn't on that sort of level. So it come up and I was just like really upset. I left feeling really unsafe um and vulnerable and emotional. And I was just like really annoyed actually. So I was like, this is like the second to last day before the Excellent. Like, and I've got to go and process this. Why this come back up, and why I've had to relive this um, horrible memory? And I went back to the tent, and then later on that night, I actually had a lucid dream where I went back into this memory, not as it happened, but where I was afterwards, and comforted myself and made myself feel safe. And it was like inception. So, like, I was me, thirty-six-year-old me hugging my 11 year old me saying you know you're safe you're loved it's okay which has been the missing piece in the whole thing of like this this memory that's you know changed the way I see myself and everything and then I went into my dad's dream uh and spoke to him about it as an 11 year old because I was like the 11 year old what do you want from this what do you need what else do you need to feel to you know to get through this and she's like I want to tell him off. I want to ask him why I did that. What happened? So we we went into his dream and she had it out with him. And then he took us on a timeline of all of into what had happened to him. And then I was speaking to him as old enough in his past. He passed away like years ago. So we spoke. It was like a dream inside a dream. And it's basically a fountain of compassion for him and understanding of why he did what he did. And that, you know, it, it was a cycle of things going on and that I had to break it but I knew that anyway but the one thing I needed was to feel safe that's the one thing that's always been like in blocking me from really going right let's do this you know what I mean so it was it was really powerful it's like I and then the lucid dream talk I didn't even go to but I wanted to go to and I, I went on it the next day and I was like Craig was like, oh, so is there a lucid dream? And I was like, yeah, me last night. And I said, I really need to talk to you about it, actually. <laughs> it was just like, whoa, when I told him about it, it was like, that's crazy, powerful stuff. Like, it's quite even shamanic in a way that you've gone back through timelines and remapped. Like, I don't feel the same about the memory, thinking about it. It's took the trauma and the unsafe and all that all that horrible feelings that I had before or even resent real resentment and stuff I'm really on the way to forgiving really mm -hmm. this time that's incredible 
Mine and, won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I guess where a lot of us have been on this journey, it's like we're knowing the tools that we've got now and trying to work out how to, to use them. And like you said, you just knew what to do in that dream. I'm, because of the work you've been doing and the experiences now, like, right, I'm going to have my back. I've got you. Let's go in. <laughs> yeah, but I've never lucid, I've lucid dreamed once before, but like, never like that have I gone in and like proper, like it took over. Like it was a solstice as well. So when everybody was doing the solstice, I slipped into that and I was meant to get up at three o'clock to come and join in with the solstice. And I was in this lucid dream thing. And obviously that was what I needed to be doing at that time. And it's just crazy. Like I even had the the knowledge to know what what was doing and navigating through it and it felt safe I didn't feel like yeah it's mental really uh, so what would you say sort of has given you that knowledge to know what to do so maybe if if people do have like a, an experience where they do go into something like this whether it's for a lucid dream or a meditation what would be like something that maybe you could share to sort of guide with that I think it's about like knowing yourself and like forgiving yourself, you know, holding yourself with compassion and stuff. You know, a lot of people, when things go, when things happen to you, when you're younger, old, whatever, whatever age you are, and things happen to you that aren't very nice, you know, traumatic or out of your control, we then come with a slightly like side order of guilt and shame and stuff, you know, that's around it all. And that's what creates it around rather than us being like you know pouring love and compassion and everything into ourselves like talking about it a lot of people have gone through things and they don't tell people about it so you're just holding it uh I mean obviously tell someone you trust I mean you know because don't just split it off it's or ask somebody if they're in a space to hold the information because if it's quite heavy and stuff like that but I think by starting to talk about it and acknowledge it um really was the start of it rather than just being, oh, when I thought about it, let's suppress it, don't want to think about that, I don't want to think about that. When I actually started to, right, okay, this, this happened, and feeling all the pain, feeling the shame, feeling it all, you know, and it weren't nice, it was horrible, man. It was horrible. But, like, having night people around me that I knew I could trust and talk to about it, and then I also started attracting people that I'd been in similar situations so it was really good to talk to them about it and that we were helping each other through it because you don't feel alone then because when something like that happens and you, you know like you're abused or anything like that it's so singular and alone with it you just sat with it you know because you don't know what to do with it you're ashamed about it there's all sorts of horrible feelings towards it and you're just carrying it and it just sits in your circle chakra like you know stopping you from being creative or feeling comfortable to be feminine and like you know and sensual and all these other things because you've got all this other stuff that's like on the top of it so I think finding someone that you can talk to about it is a good way write it down I wrote it down a lot I wrote a book and I burnt it because I was like I don't want to <laughs> carry this anymore I, mean, I carried it around for about 10 years and it was like really raw and details about everything that had gone on from like you know my mum passing and everything and it was it was really an interesting read to give it to be honest but I was just like I need to burn it man so I just burnt it mm-hmm. and Lionsgate but that was a good a good way to start was by getting it out that way and then I could start talking to people about it and then just 
not carrying the guilt or the, you know, if something's happened to you, like, that isn't your fault. Like, that is not your wound to carry, do you know what I mean? You can deal with all the other things that come with it, but by not feeling like it's your fault, I think is a really good start. Um, you know, take the blame off yourself, forgive yourself for feeling like you did, and forgive yourself for not telling anybody, you know, there's all, like, whatever it is, it's just, I think speaking to people was probably mm. the best thing to do, really. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And um, so you said you felt differently since this lucid dream and this, yeah. like, so how how do you feel now and what's maybe shifted since? So shifted to, like, my feeling of, like, self-worth. Like, I feel like I am worthy of this. My creativity is, like, overflowing. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, right, okay. And I've got these ideas and I'm, like, curring in about it all and I'm starting to feel like I can be comfortable in my feminine because I've been in masculine for so long to protect myself and protect my sister and it's like you know I've just been like really like ah, I've got to be strong you want to do this and now I'm like feel safe to be you know nurturing and soft and add that side to me as well you know I don't need to be fighting or you know all the time so it's definitely balanced me out mm. amazing <laughs> And um, what are like some of your like self-care practices and things that you do for you? I don't know really. That's why I like said boxing. Because <laughs> you said you do, you've done boxing for a long time. So well, yeah, tell us about that a little bit because it sounds like there's a little bit of a story there as well. <laughs> I did Muay Thai first. It was too, um, I always wanted to be a ninja when I was a kid. Like my mum, when someone asked me what I wanted to be, I was like, I want to be a ninja. Like I didn't want to be a princess. So I was like straight up wanted to be a ninja. And mum was like, you can't be a ninja. You know, you're a girl. Like we're going to teach you dance class. And I was like, I want to go to karate or something. I really wanted to do it. I never did. Um, and I got to 33 and I thought, ooh, so I've seen this kickboxing thing. So I went to kickboxing class for a bit and it was a bit too far away. So I ended up finding somewhere else that was Muay Thai, which really was better anyway. I found it better than, but it was for confidence mostly. So that was like three and a half, maybe four years ago that I went to the first one of that and I was just doing it for fitness to get toned and, be able to defend myself in case anything bad happened or I was like you know just that generally just to feel a bit more safe yeah um then I really started enjoying it I was like I don't want to try some of these moves out like I want to compete and stuff and then I really conflicted with like competing in a Muay Thai fight and being a rig healer because I was like I can't be elbowing a new pupil in the first and then giving a rake. You're like, it just didn't sit well. Like, I just felt like there was two part. the two aspects were too different apart. Um, so I was already doing some boxing on the side to work on my punch because my punch was terrible. I could kick really well, but my punch jab was pitiful. And I was like, I've got this PT to come and help me with that. And I really was enjoying the boxing. So I said, well, why don't you just switch to boxing then? It's a bit more controlled, you know, and everything else. And that's what I did. But my son started boxing at the same time. He lives in Scotland and we both didn't talk about this. So he was like, mum, you're copying me. And I'm like, no, I'm not copying you. We're both... So we both started our journey together with like boxing and stuff. Uh, and yes, I had a fight in March, which was like a charity fight, which I won, surprise. Wow. <laughs> that is the way I was like amazed for myself. Um, and I love it, yeah, but um, 
it keeps me grounded is the best way to describe it it's good for frustration it let out a lot of anger and that drive you know because it's you pushing yourself your limits past like physical mental and stuff the whole time through it um and knowing that I can defend myself if need be because I'm not a violent person I'm not a person that will start kicking off with anybody or like you know start a fight out of nowhere but it's nice to know that if I was ever in any trouble that I could defend myself if need be but I genuinely just love boxing um now it's more of a it's like meditation in a way like doing the paths because you're concentrating on nothing else other than what you've got to do feeling calm in a chaotic situation I suppose well that is it that's that's the discipline isn't it keeping that groundedness while chaos is going on around us and being like <laughs> I've got this <laughs> oh, I love that um and how's it been for your son like hearing that mum's in a boxing match he absolutely loves it so he's like mum you're an athlete now he's like that's it like he absolutely loved it like we both fought out the blue corner which was mental like our first fight our first fights we both had back injuries and exactly the same thing like I fell down the stairs and he just overdrained and it was a mixture like we both had exactly similar it was like there was something synchronized with that like it's it's brought us close together as mm-hmm. well because I had postnatal depression um, when he was little and he had to go live with his dad um, and like that was quite hard for me you know because I didn't connect with him until he was like nine years old properly so I could actually explain or know myself what the hell was going on because I didn't know what was happening so it's really brought us together as well so like we could both talk about fighters and he'll tell me like if he's got a fight coming up and it's like yeah like it's definitely brought us together and I'm so proud of him like he's smashed like three fights he's like won his last three fights like easy like he's just so good like confident (laughs) I love that so it's like something that's so such a powerful sport to bring such a strong bond that's so beautiful yeah it definitely has yeah and I'm so proud of him like and he's dead proud of me and stuff he's like mum you're a champion like you're calling me champion after I won my fight for like a week every time he would message me he's like hey champ and it was like it's just so lovely and he's like mum you'll always be a winner to me you know even if you didn't win and he was like making me cry because it was just so much like so sweet because he's 18 now like so grown up you know got like facial hair and everything but like yeah, it's, um, we're really, really close now, despite how far away we are. You know, he's in Scotland and I'm here. We're um, a lot closer than we've ever been. So wow. I'm really wow. grateful. Yeah. Oh, I feel like we've covered a lot today. <laughs> um, is there anything else you'd like to maybe add for the listeners or maybe tell us a little bit um, about what are, because you mentioned you've got these get on it events with yeah. Abby like yeah. tell the listeners sort of like maybe what they what they can expect if they was to come to an event and yeah what goes down or get on it <laughs> uh, pure silliness really to start with but it's about so we'll start it's about bringing yoga um meditation and just um to let go really so you know when you come and you don't have to be a perfect yoga you know it's not all about the pause and the poise of it all it's about really just sort of letting go with it so you'll start off doing a little bit of yoga 
and then I'll be on the decks ready to play some music, so like house music, and then everybody will just dance and move however the hell you want, basically. Like, it's like no judgment. It's just about that. And then, you know, we keep coming back to the mat, dancing, a bit of yoga, and then we bring it back down at the end and send it to yourself because movement really moves stuff around, you know, like it's all it's good sitting and meditating and breath work and all the other things that energy work you can do. But movement is really, really important to move stagnant energies and stuff and things like that, you know, like shit, your body shaking and stuff and really letting go like that inner child, like coming out to play. We all get a little bit too serious, don't we? Do you know what I mean? Like it's good to just be like, and it, and it's sober as well. So it's an event you could go to and be sober, exercise a little bit and <laughs> have a bit of fun. <laughs> it sounds epic. So next time I'm down, I'm going to come and get on it. <laughs> well, we're at Illuminate on the 28th to the 30th in the forest, if you want to come to that oh, one. I, 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 I have looked at that one, so I may may make it. I may make my way down there if I can. Um, so it'd be so amazing to see you all and be part of it again. And, yeah, if our listeners haven't been to one of Jake's events at Illuminate, they're where I originally started this, this journey and connected and found you all, really, because because of him. Yeah. Um, getting a getting in the car and driving up to Manchester thinking what am I doing this is nuts <laughs> and um it's been one of the best things I've ever done and I'm so so grateful um to have connected with you all just from from there it's like a little family isn't it it's sort of like you you can go there and you just feel like you're connected with everything like what Jake's created is absolutely amazing it's beautiful um and it just keeps growing and it's just lovely, yeah. So it works out really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And yeah, I'm so grateful. Oh, well, thank you so much for your time today. And I'm going to pop Leanne's details below. So if you're interested in booking a Reiki session or get into one of Leanne's events or signing up for her chakra course, which is coming up as well, we'll pop Leanne's details below and hopefully we can get you to share a link as well for maybe some of your mixed clouds so people can check you out and <laughs> get on it in there and if you're not sure about going to something I would recommend like getting your headphones on and getting on, on it like and just listening to some music outside or indoors and that will get you ready for an epic session because you are amazing and I loved being able to be around you when you was on the decks and stuff and even points when I was teaching you as DJ and I was like I can hear tunes <laughs> thank you so much today gorgeous you're welcome thank you for having me bye